are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Paul said, I want to go in. To me, when I look at it and think about this, I, I... I somehow look at Paul and I hear the cry here in the scripture and it seems like Paul is saying, I want to know him. I want to really know his heartbeat. As much as I humanly can uh, uh, of the infinite, I want to know as much as I can about his heartbeat. I'd like to to know uh, his sight. I'd like to grasp and see things like he sees things. Uh, I want to be able to feel like he feels. I want to know him. I believe he he had got some of that. I believe he got some of it, which means that I believe it's available for us also. I, I believe he got a hold of some of the heartbeat of the Lord because he would write, I think, writing to Romans, and he said, my heart's cry." that God for Israel is that the lost might be saved. That's a heart cry of God. I need that heart cry. I, I need that. I need to know him like that. Uh, God, I believe Paul was saying, I, I want to see this world like you see it. I, I want to be able to, Lord Jesus, I want to see people like you see them. I, I believe he got some of that. I believe he got a hold of that. He would write, let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He said, I want to know your suffering. I want to know what it is to, to go through the sufferings of life like you went through the sufferings of life. I believe he got some of that. I told the young men in our class today, uh, one of the ways of getting the joy of your Lord, the joy of your life, which is the strength for your life, the joy of the Lord is the strength of your life, is Jesus said of Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. I believe Paul got a hold of some of that. He writes in Romans 8, about verse 16, I reckon that the sufferings of this present world aren't worthy to be compared with the glory. I believe believe he got a hold of some of that. I believe he he got a hold of the mind. I want to be able as much as I can, humanly speaking, I want to... I want to think like you think, Lord Jesus. I want to think in the way you think. I believe he got a hold of some of that. He wrote us under the inspiration and said, uh, think on these things. Think on things above. Get higher than just your thinking that's related to the the level of life. Get your thinking set up a little higher. I, I I believe he got a hold of that. And that ought to be a goal for your life. That ought to be a goal goal for for my life. Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. Come in thy sweetness and come in thy fullness and stamp that old image. Stamp it, but stamp it deep on my heart. 
I like what it said, what the Lord Jesus Christ said about Mary when, when he was visiting in the home as recorded in the Bible uh, with his disciples and those that were there and visiting in the home of Mary and Martha. And uh, Martha, like any good Christian or any good woman, was so very busy taking care of their guests, special guests, honored guests, and busy taking care of that guest and doing things. And all of a sudden in her busy schedule, she noticed sister wasn't anywhere around. And when she found Mary, her sister, instead of serving, she was sitting. And I believe something like this. Brother, she was drinking at the fountain. <laughs> yeah. I be, I be, I believe she, her sister found her sitting at the fountain because he was the fountain. He is the fountain. She was drinking. Every word that fell from his lips. She was awed in his presence. Martha spoke to the Lord Jesus about that. And Jesus, in his kindness, when he knows that our thoughts sometimes and actions are misguided, he thoughtfully in prayer, he said, Martha, 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 thou art cumbered about much serving. But Mary hath chosen the good part. Now let me tell you something. You better take time for the good part. Before you tell me how much you've done for him, show me how much you've become like him. Your greatest challenge in life and your ministries that you're going to is not first of all how much you're going to build for him, but how much you're going to become like him. A church needs to see a man of God. They need somebody need they need somebody that's been with him. Or you want to be busy and you want to stay busy. And you want to build and you want to do all that you can do. But I found out, I wished I'd found it earlier, that in the, in, in the busy schedule that I had, schools and colleges and all this, I knew I needed to take more time just to sit at his feet and drink at the fountain. Because my people needed somebody who had been with God. And I certainly don't want to leave you the impression that I'm, I'm anything or anybody. I just dug up out of the mud hole like you. Just an old sinner saved by grace. If you have anything, it's because of him. But you want to take time. Now, if you want to be a blessing to people and you want to be a help, if you want to have a real impact on people, you're going to have to take time out from serving to be sure that you sit at the fountain and become like him. And oh, that'll make a difference in your life. 
I'll try to give you as much as I can, as quick as I can today. But when I read about this and I, I see that, that question, he said, and that statement of Paul in verse 10, that I may know him. That's a request. That's a prayer. That I may know him. If asked the question, how really real is Jesus to you? How really real is he? Uh, George W. Truett, the great old preacher of the past, I love reading after him. I love to read after him. He said he was asked one time, it just hit him. He said he was preaching at a college and he heard the student body heard him preach about Jesus. And one of the men came up to him and asked him, he said, Dr. Truett, how real is Jesus to you? One of my prayers is, Lord, I, I, want, I want to know really about you. I want to really know you. God, without godliness, is of little gain for the cause of Christ in this world. Your profession, your statement that I'm saved and I know God without the fragrance of the Savior on your life doesn't mean anything. It doesn't carry any weight. I said to the young men, some of them in here now, in the class that I've been teaching, I said, man, you want folks to be able to say about you, not how much you've built, how much you've done, but when you walk by, you say, man, you know that man's been with God. Yeah. You can tell God's all over him. Right. You ever heard someone say, is that dear old saint, that old lady walked, dear little lady walked down there and said, boy, that sure is a godly woman. The greatest compliment could ever be paid a mother is for a child to say, I tell you what, my mama knows God. My mama knows the Lord. Or my daddy knows God. That's the greatest testimony. Greatest compliment could ever be paid to you by the community. It's not how smart you are, how much you sing, how eloquent you preach. But when they know, hey, there's a fragrance about you. There's a godliness about you. And it ought, to start, it ought to start as soon as you get saved. And you ought to grow in that grace. And Amen. Dr. Charles Weigel, the great hymn yeah. writer. Uh, I had the joy. He wrote many, many songs. I guess the most popular song was No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. And that's been translated into some at least 40 different languages. Bless him. I had the joy of knowing that great old man of God. And in my ministry in Florida, in the early ministries of my there, I had him in my church. I had him in my home. I could sit down with him and just drink at his fountain. Yeah. He, had, he had so much to share. Yeah. I could just sit in his fountain and drink with him. Tell me about little son. Tell me about this. And, and that, old, that great old saint, but he wrote many great songs, but one of the songs that he wrote was the, the Garden of Roses. Garden of Roses. 
He come to write that because one day after he had been gone in the afternoon, he came in and uh, the people that uh, he met with in the afternoon, they said, well, have you had a good afternoon? He said, I did. He said, well, we know where you've been. And he said, well, how could you know where I've been? I've been by myself. He said, well, we know where you've been. It's telling on you. <laughs> he said, it's telling on you. Well, how would you know where I've been? They said, I, I, we know that you've been out in those rose gardens and you must have stayed there a long time because the fragrance is all over. A silk rose is a beauty and it has the exact image. But one thing is lacking. It's no fragrance. A silk rose may have the looks on the outside, but it has no output. It has no fragrance. Hey, when you walk among the people you want to be them to be able to say there's a fragrance about you there's a fragrance in this room coming from somewhere there's not much appreciation in these days for a lot of the old soldiers that walked along the way let me tell you something. Form without fragrance. Activity and excitement and 4th of July works won't help you. When you got around men like Curtis Hudson, there was a fragrance about him. Oh, he could preach. He was a masterful preacher. Great man, a good soul winner. But there was a fragrance about him. Get around men like old, the late Harold Seidler. It's just, there was a fragrance about those old soldiers, those old saints of God. I get around a lot of this new stuff. I want to blow my nose. I'll just stop there. I'm not going any further. You pass through this life, you be sure that you take time. Take time. Mary hath chosen the good part. If you don't get that good part, you're going to miss it along the way. I could say more about that, but I won't do it. A lot of this world, and you preachers listen to me, a lot of young preachers going out there and all they're thinking about is the size of the church. Instead of the spiritual welfare of the church. They're only thinking about growth and missing the need for godliness. You ought to build some people that know God. Know how to get a hold of God. Know how to live. Well, I've got to I'll hasten on this. Second requirement. There's a, there's a request that I see Paul is making, but there is a requirement here. If you would be more like him, if you would have his image stamped on your life, there's a requirement. I think, first of all, you've got to make much of this book. 
This is a book about him. And this is one way Jesus can become more real to you. Because this is his book. And for me, this is my comfort, this blessed old book. Because in it I find him everywhere I look. Why, this is my comfort. I hope and I stay. It assures me he's with me every step of the way. And when I remember the victories past, I know for me it'll be victory at last. So why should I fret when it troubles I look when I can find him in this blessed old book? Yep. Let me tell you something. If you want to have the image of Christ stepped on you, listen, you keep it with the other books and studies. You keep in this one. You keep in this one right here. This is a book about it. Nature declares the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day, they're preaching. The heavens is saying, there is a God, God is. Nature is saying, every time you see a butterfly, every time you see a mockingbird or hear a mockingbird, you're singing, is telling you, God is. Nature says there is a God. The heavens declare his glory. This book tells you who that God is. I want to make much of that book. So much I could say about it. I don't have time to go through every, every book in this Bible. But when you begin to read the Bible, you'll find him. Doesn't make any difference what book you go to. If you start with Genesis, he was with God before the foundation of the world. Hey, get into Exodus, you know he's the Passover lamb. Hey, you read the book of Leviticus, you know that without the shedding of blood, his blood, there's no remission for sin. Read Numbers, he's the coming king. The psalmist said, he's the one that lifted me up out of the miry clay, set my feet on a solid rock. You read the book of Proverbs, you find he's equal with God. Isaiah said, he's the root out of dry ground. Daniel said, he's a stone cut out without hand. Could I say more? Yeah, I could say more. The Gospels, he's the way, the truth, and the life. The Epistles, he's the cornerstone. Hebrews, he is the express image of God. Holds up all things. Revelation, he's the one who comes out of heaven riding on a white horse. Bless God, I'm coming with him. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Jesus. If you want his image stamped on you, you get in this book, you stay in this book. You come on reading this book, reading this book, reading it. I thought I was doing pretty good reading this book through about every three or four months. And then this, I found out that, that uh, uh, Miss Cindy, your dad, reads it through every 30 days. I feel like a piker. But you get in this book. You, Hosea 4, chapter 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The psalmist said, My meditation of these shall be sweet. But this book does not give out its secrets nor its nuggets to the casual reader. If you read this book, you'll get something. Well, I must, I'll leave you with this. How are you going to have the image of Christ stamped on like this? You're going to have to take time to sit at his feet. You have to take time in this book because this is a book about him. 
Here's an important thing. If you would know him more and know him better, you've got to have a secret place of prayer. Listen to me. Pray with your prayer partner. Pray over your meal. Pray at family altar. All of those things are important. Pray in prayer meetings. Prayer groups. Pray for revival. Get together. Have prayer meetings. Yes, that's good. Pray about all things. But Jesus said, when you enter into your closet, you've got to have a closet prayer life. That's a close place where just you can get in there, just about that's it. But there is room in there for him. Why do I need a closet prayer life? My wife doesn't go in there with me. My children don't go in there with me. My closest friends don't go in there with me. This is where I go alone. I'm glad that he said, go into your closet because there I and you can talk very frankly with God like we really know God knows us. And I'm not going to pray with you and talk to God like I know God really knows me. But I'm glad there is a place I can go. And alone, he allows me to come there and say, Lord, I'm embarrassed, would have been embarrassed in family altar tonight to even mention the thoughts that run through my mind. The things that Satan wants to jab me with. I'm glad you helped me through the day. But I'm glad I'm talking to you about that. And the stumble that I made today. I'm glad you allowed me to get in the closet with you. And talk to you about that. You need a place where you can get in the closet. Where you can talk. To God like you know God really knows you. Yeah. And no put on. Yeah. Here brother. You just laid bare before the Lord. You ought to be glad for a place like that. That he allows you to have that. And I'll tell you what. When you get in there by yourself. The Rose of Sharon will be in there. And if you spend enough time in there. You'll come out with a little. Your wife will know it. Your children will know it. But you've got to have a private place of prayer. George W. Truett said this about himself and his brothers in their earliest days when they were just small children. And he would say that uh, every once in a while mama would leave right after dad and everybody else got off and we were a little small when this brother and I left at the house and she got all them off that mother would go out and she'd say now boys George y'all stay right here and I'll be back in a little while and said so we got to wondering where does mama go said after a while she comes back and I noticed some mornings when she leaves her face is red looked like she'd been burdened or crying or weeping he said, she comes back, she has a different countenance. 
talks about. So we wondered where mama's been going. So I said to brother one morning when mama said, now, boys, you stay right here. I'll be back in a little while. I said to brother, I said, let's go see where she goes. Brother said, mama said for us to stay here. And George said to brother, he said, brother, he said, but I don't want to be disrespectful. I just like, where, where's, where's mama going? So we followed her. She went out through the back down into the woods and looked like she knew right where she's going. And she got to a big old oak tree. She got down on her knees under the oak tree. I said she'd pray about her responsibilities and life to her husband. And she'd cry and pray, oh God, if you don't help me, I can't raise these boys right. Lord, if you don't help me, you got to help me. Said after a while, said we watched it. It seemed to be getting better. And said mama would come back with a different countenance. She had her place. You better have your place. I'll just leave you with this. I don't have time. I'll leave you with this. This is important. If you would be like him, you must beware of sin. If I alive and I get back next year, I've been invited, but if I'm alive and I get back, I may preach this message. I just worked. I haven't preached it yet. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay. And make you pay more than you can afford. You remember what this. You got to beware of sin. Sin will steal you warmth. It will steal your warfare. Steal your fellowship. It separated Samson from his power and separated David from the joy of the Lord. It separated Peter from his fellowship shortly, but it also separated from his fellowship. He didn't follow Jesus until Jesus found him and loved him. Even though he'd gone wrong, Jesus loved him, waited for him, and said, Come and dine, the Master calleth. And he found what to eat at Jesus' feet. Sin is a veil through which the blessings of God do not flow. Be careful of your companions. Well, I don't have time to really have times out. I just stop right there. But, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knbbc.com for Christian music you can trust.